May 23rd. 2017. As far as old projects are concerned, Wrestling Informant, though, I'm gonna we're gonna file that not under the dead category, but under the hiatus category. And I think honestly, it'll come back someday just under a podcast only type deal. I think that is what Wrestling Informant's future will be. It'll just simply be a podcast. Wrestling Informant Radio, WrestlingInformant.com. How's it going, everybody? My name is Gary Cantrell, and do not adjust your phones. Joining me right now, the Alan Martin. Alan, hello, sir. How you doing, man? Dude, is this weird or what? But it is awesome. I have to say that. Man, it's like, it feels like a trip down memory lane in a way. Well, to your point, uh, it was next week, 10 years ago, that we did our very last show as far as the regular kind of schedule of what we used to do was 10 years ago next week. How wild is that? That's really unbelievable, honestly. I can't believe that. It's, I can't believe it's been that long. I know, man. I know. I, I thought it would be kind of fun to pull up some stuff from, from 10 years ago even for just perspective sake, but um, I just have to say really quick because I, I I think what we should do for the guy for the for the the guys and gals listening is we should give them a little bit of background about ourselves um, for those that you know are new listeners because we I think you and I like we probably thought like okay a bunch of our old friends are gonna check this out but what I didn't even think about was like all the potential new people that are gonna hear this that have no idea who we are, what we're doing here. And so I'll just set it up very quickly. And that is that uh, back in 2007, myself and Alan used to host a show called The Shoot, which is uh, rest in peace, The Shoot. Uh, It was a fun little time that we had there. Um, I am from the D.C. area. Alan is from the Houston area. And Alan, give him a little bit of background about yourself and and as far as uh, your, whatever you want to say, just a quick uh, background and then also your wrestling background and how you got into wrestling and all that. Yeah, um, well, I'm. I, I guess I can tell my age. I, that's okay. Um, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, me and Gary started doing the show back in, in 2007, like you were saying. But um, yeah, I'm. I'm from uh, Houston, Texas, like a small town, uh, Tomball. Um, for a living, I I work for a city here uh, locally, so. Uh, I guess that's about it as far as that goes. But as far as my wrestling goes, I've been watching it since I was three years old. Kind of started following it whenever the uh, pretty much during the the program where Hogan and Andre were kind of bubbling up their feud. And uh, oh yeah, got I got to see that. Yeah, that was like my first kind of you know my first real experience with it. And I saw a little bit of tapes and stuff of like. Um, Rick Flair and some NWA and then saw like some Houston wrestling. Um, there were a lot of guys who used to come in and out of Houston wrestling, like, you know, Andre the Giant, you know, I think like guys like Bruce Pritchard and stuff like that. So that's pretty much my, my, uh, introduction in, in the wrestling and I've been watching it ever since. So 
Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> for me. It's 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 always been a part of my life in some way, shape, or form. I think when it actually comes to like recognizable parts of my life was ninety one, and it's funny. I don't even think. <clears throat> excuse me. I don't even think when we used to do the old show that we ever did an introduction like that. So wow, ten years later, and we're actually telling people finally where we where we come from and who we are. How about that? So um, 91 was kind of my most recognizable year when I started remembering things like, uh, you know, the Miss Elizabeth, uh, Randy Savage, Jake Roberts, the Cobra biting uh, Randy. And right around that Survivor Series is kind of when I started watching like full time. But it's always been a part of my life, dude. Like Hogan, you know, I remember seeing him here and there. In the 80s, it was hard to to not see Hulk Hogan. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, that guy was all over the place. Um, yeah. I remember... I remember getting my... I remember getting, like, my first, like, Hogan t-shirt and, like, ripping it and stuff because, like, that's what he used to do when he would come out to the ring. <laughs> How mad were your yeah. parents about that, though? Like, hey, I'm going to rip this shirt. <laughs> I don't... Like... My mom just, I mean, she didn't really say a lot about it, really. She just like, oh, you're not going to get another one. That was, <laughs> and that was about it. <laughs> you got off easy, Alan. Right. <laughs> one thing I thought would be really fun to do, because the last time we were on, quote unquote, the air together uh, in a regular capacity was, I think the last show was like April 15th, tax day, uh, 2010. But I thought it would be fun, Alan, to go back this week this week, 10 years ago, and see what the WWE was up to uh, on their show. Just for perspective's sake, the rating for this show... Actually, let me give you the card first. So we'll do the card very quickly. Uh, Sheamus defeats Kofi Kingston. Eve Torres defeats Kelly Kelly, Alicia Fox, Gail Kim, Rosa Mendez, Jillian Hall, Brie Bella, Nikki Bella, and Katie Lee Burchill in a WWE Divas title number one contendership battle royal. That long-winded thing right there only lasted two and a half minutes. The Big Show and The Miz defeated Batista and John Cena by countout to retain the tag team championships. Ted DiBiase defeated Christian. Randy Orton defeated Jack Swagger. And then, what? Uh, oh, Big Show and Miz wrestled again. They defeated David Otunga and John Cena to retain the Unified Tag Team Championship. By the way, Alan, this show may sound like a stinker, but believe it or not, back on April 5th, 2010, this drew in 3.2 million viewers. And as of today, last night's Raw drew 2.10 million. So, Alan, in 10 years, they've lost over a million people. How wild is that? Gosh, man, they would be begging for three point two these days. Gosh, man, it's I, I don't know. Like, it's a weird thing with the with the ratings. Like, so back in the nineties, you would see these ratings where like they would get like six point eight and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and, I mean, and eight point fives, and that's just like unheard of now i mean aew is like the hot new thing now and they they can't even get over a million viewers so yeah um, you know i i just i don't know everyone keeps saying how and that's the thing like, i keep reading this stuff online about oh man you know aew is the, the the new hot thing everyone everyone is you know getting a hard on for aew which is fine i get it i understand it, it's the new product yeah and it it's, a, it's an entertaining show it's good but they can't even get over a million views. So I'm just kind of like, well, okay, well, I mean, everyone's talking about how great it is, but how come no one's watching? 
Well, I think that, um, you know, you'll see a lot of arguments these days, uh, back in our day, well, God, we're going to sound like old men now back in our day, these <laughs> arguments took place on message boards and MySpace and, uh, the early days of Twitter back before even tout was a thing. That's how far back Alan and I go. Um, but the landscape has changed. Now you might find these arguments on Reddit, still on Twitter and, and various other places, but you know, the landscape of, of, of media consumption has changed. I know a lot of people will argue, you know, there's YouTube numbers, there's all these, uh, you know, this digital footprint now that was not necessarily prevalent, you know, 20 years ago, back when, you know, some of the ratings you're talking about the Monday night wars, the 8.5s and all that stuff. But then, then again, you get the other side of the argument. It's like, well, Goddamn NBA still draws in 10 million people. The NFL, which is the monster, obviously they're going to draw in the most. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that people, maybe they just look at wrestling differently and it's not always must see, even when the product is really good, because I will have to say this, and I, I don't ever want to disrespect any talent that has ever let, laced up a pair of boots, but I will say that by far, Alan, today, and you can fight me on this, but today, as we stand right now, both of these companies that we just referenced have the best possible rosters at this moment. I mean, when you look at the rosters of 10 years ago, you know, these were some talented people, but right now is the most talent that is out there right now. So if anything, if there's ever a time to recaptivate an audience, it's with these group of men and women on both sides of the companies, because they're all incredible talent. I 100% agree with you. This is, I mean, I mean, fuck man, go back and look at that, that roster back in the nineties. And I mean, you had guys like, Viscera and Midian, Val Venus, and yeah, Billy Gunn and people like that. And now, now today, I mean, shoot, man, I mean, you got Adam Cole and you got Charlotte Flair, you got Kenny Omega, you got the Young Bucks. Um, I mean, look at that. I mean, that Velveteen Dream, that guy, he's a star. I oh, mean, man. Seth, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, AJ Styles. Think about it. Like, did you ever think AJ Styles and Nakamura would be in WWE? I mean, never. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, Finn Balor, mm. one of my favorites. Yes. I mean, it's it's insane. I mean, they are stacked. Both companies are stacked with talent, and it's I don't know. It's still it's like people are in love with that that '90s era. But whenever you go back and you watch the nineties. I mean, the wrestling really wasn't that good in ring in ring. The no. wrestling wasn't good. It was mainly just the, it was the, the stories and the characters or that's what drew the ratings because I mean, those matches are bad. I mean, you go back and watch matches with road dog versus D -Lo, Wasn't good. No, not, not at all. I, the funny thing is that I I've quit drinking now for a long time, but back when I used to drink, there would be times like on the weekends where I would be bored and I would, be up late because I couldn't sleep and I would just throw on the network. I'm like, oh, let me watch a classic 90s Raw just for fun. And it really wasn't a ton of fun at all. I'm just like, God damn, like here's the headbangers versus like Midian and like somebody. I'm like, what is this garbage? Like I cannot, I cannot process this. Like what am I, what am I actually watching? Okay, let me fast forward. All right, there's Stone Cold. Cool. All right, let me fast forward. Here's The Rock. Cool. Let me fast forward. Here's Triple H. Cool. Like that's really the beginning and end of it was the angles and mm -hmm. you know, it, 
they just have to find a way because, you know, we talk about the talent now, the men and women. If they can find a way to convey the angles in such a way to the heights of what they were with the talent they have now, I mean, they really have a lot of opportunity to captivate an entire new audience. I think that they really can bring some people in um, with the talent they have, with the right stories. I think AEW does it uh, very, very well, and I'm not trying to make this a bias one way or the other because I do like sure. both companies. Um, but I think by far, I think they're doing it a little bit better because I feel like they're not insulting my intelligence. Now, however, you watch a show like uh, like WrestleMania and some of these uh, matches, which I know we were texting back and forth the other night. Uh, you know, we had some disagreements on some stuff. We're going to talk about that. I look at some of the stuff they did, like this Boneyard match at WrestleMania, this Firefly Funhouse. I look at some of these things they did, and I said, you know, these are so far the other way. If we can kind of find something like a like a, a fine middle ground, because you look at, let's just start with the Boneyard match right out of the gate. WrestleMania was this weekend. If you're listening to the show, you already know this. It's obvious. I don't have to rehash what event was this weekend. But I will say that if you look at this Boneyard match through and through, people loved it. They absolutely loved it. And one of the things I, I thought stuck out the most about this match, Alan, was just that real, that energy of, because uh, there were some liberties, some creative liberties taken, you know, Undertaker's in the grave and he's behind AJ, whatever. But for the general purpose of it, Undertaker seemed to be an extension of his real self. AJ seemed to be an extension of his real self. And this is something that we don't see all that much uh, these days. And I'm hoping that this is a step in the right direction. Yeah. The, the thing that I really enjoyed about the Boneyard match is the fact that they just, they were, they seemed like they were open-minded. Like basically it seemed like Vince was just like, okay, and I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot of the reason why WWE is so pigeonholed is because McMahon is so like stuck in his ways instead of like being open minded and letting these guys go out and cut their promo. They have all these writers writing these writing what these guys should say instead right. of just letting them letting them be authentic and go out and just you know back in the day. I mean, no one like told like you know, Austin or The Rock, how to cut their promo. Like, they would, you know, they I'm sure they would got, got with a producer and told them about what they were going to say, and then they would just go out and just say it. But yeah. now it's like, oh, we have to we have to write their promo for them. And they, I'm sure they have certain guys where they're like, okay, go out, cut your promo. I'm sure people like, you know, Rollins and Kevin Owens have, like, leeway to go out and kind of cut their own promo. But, I mean, uh you know, a guy for like Ricochet, for example, he can't even. I mean, look, look how they're using that guy now. I mean, they're just completely burying that guy because unbelievable. And I know, and it's because he he just can't he, he he can't cut those he can't cut those promos that are written for him mainly because that's just not that's not his personality, it's not his character. They need to just let him be himself. And I feel like you know, I feel like he'd get over just being himself. But getting back to the Boneyard match, yeah. I. I enjoyed it, man. I thought it was good. Um, I'm assuming. Uh, I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know who produced it. I mean, I I read that Michael Hayes was involved, which is uh, you know, which would make sense because Michael Hayes seems like a open minded guy. But um, a lot of people, I think, the people who didn't like the match, uh, I I will say this: like 
picture AJ and Undertaker in a regular wrestling match, right? And it wouldn't be good because Undertaker is, oh, I, I guess he's fifty three, fifty four, fifty five, something like that, and he can't he can't give you the Shawn Michaels WrestleMania twenty five, WrestleMania twenty six, you know the the Triple H, all those classic matches anymore at his age. So I thought in this environment where it was it was taped. And, you know, heavily produced. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. You mentioned Shawn Michaels and, and Undertaker. That was literally 10 and 11 years ago from when we were doing our podcast. We were covering those matches 10 years ago. A lot has changed in 10 years, and I, I think you're exactly right. And what one of the other things about it too, it's like, you know, this format now, now I'm not, I'm not in any way, shape or form saying we need to have this match every month or every week. I'm not saying that at all. Cause you will absolutely burn it out uh, as <clears throat> fast as you brought it in. However, once in a while, I mean like, you know, like maybe next year's mania or whatever, like if they wanted to trout this out, like once a year, like, you know, undertaker, I will say this, you know, I think I was at WrestleMania 33 in Orlando when he, uh, you know, worked with Reigns and he did his quote unquote retirement or what we thought was his retirement. And I thought, you know what? This is a great I thought, I thought that would have been great. Yeah, I thought that would have been great to leave just like that. Dude, it was perfect. It was literally perfect. You know, the the the, the quote unquote smart fans will shit on it because, oh, it's Roman Reigns. But fuck all that. This was an excellent piece of storytelling and the way he went out was perfect. And I said, you know what? If that's it. That was perfect. We don't need to see him again. I'm fine with it. My, my One of my best friends in the world was with me. He's one of the biggest Undertaker fans in the world. And as selfishly as he likes to watch the Undertaker perform, even he said, you know what? That should be it. But he mm -hmm. keeps coming back. Now, that's obviously going to be a combination of things. Number one, I'm sure Vince wants him back. Number two, Vince is going to give him a lot of money. And number three, it's up to him. It's his choice. So if he says, I want to come back, that's his call. Okay, fine. If he wants to do that, if he can be medically cleared, if Vince wants him, if Vince wants to roll up the Brinks truck to his house like he does Lesnar every year, then fine. But I'm saying maybe once a year at WrestleMania, if we get an Undertaker match, it's in this format. Undertaker says, well, you know, maybe this is almost like a new streak. It's almost like a new gimmick. So instead of the streak, now we have the Boneyard match. You have to fight Undertaker in the boneyard match. This also, Alan opens up a lot of other opportunities because quite frankly, people have wanted to see him and sting for 20 freaking years. Sting could perform in a, in a format like this. Certainly. Um, there's a lot of other guys that could perform in a format like this. This could be, I don't know what you think, but this could be like the new gimmick for undertaker every year. I'm fine with that. If you told me once a year, I could deal with that. I think we're going to, so um, I was texting you about this earlier, but so they, they're going to release an undertaker, like a full, like a crazy, I think it's supposed to be like a two hour big documentary. Pretty oh, much yeah. cameras, cameras followed him from apparently undertaker called Vince McMahon and said that he would allow cameras to follow him all from from WrestleMania, uh, I guess that was Orlando. You were talking about thirty-three. Yes, all the all the way until this year's WrestleMania. So, oh wow, that's a that's a long time. So, I'm really curious to watch all that footage and I, that 
that preview, that little 15 minute preview they put up on the network last night, it was amazing. I was just like, wow. I mean, he was definitely out of character and he just, yeah. so I feel like we're going to learn a lot there, but I just, I don't even know. I don't even know if it's a hundred percent Vince. I mean, probably some of it is Vince, but I kind of feel like a lot of it is just Taker just, he just loves the business. And that guy just, he, he, I think in his mind, he feels like he's obligated to keep coming back every year and performing. I think that's what it comes down to. Some guys just, I mean, look at Ric Flair. I mean, that yeah. guy, he was, I mean, he was still going at that, at that same age. I mean, hell, he was, he was over in TNA still doing matches. And he was like, <laughs> gosh, he was 60 and he was still doing matches. God, we used to love talking about TNA, didn't we? Jesus. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah. But, but you know what? I mean, look, it, it, you know, it's, it's, if it's his call, if it's a hundred percent his call and he says, I want to do it fine. But I think that even in that little documentary that, you know, the little preview we were talking about, he sounded like he was very self-aware. Like, I don't want somebody's dad to tell their kid that, oh, I remember you ought to see what he used to do. He seems very self-aware about kind of the current situation with his character and not wanting to you know, stink up the room. And I think that this, this boneyard match could be, you know, a good way to get another, you know, five years out of the guy, uh, roughly, you know, if that's what he wants, if he wants to do it, if it makes sense, cause it's gotta be the right, it's gotta be the right characters uh, up there against him. But I like that kind of the old man of the yard, you know, talking trash, you know, walking you around, beating you up. I mean, I thought it was a great format. I thought it worked. And and as far as I could tell online, which is the hardest crowd to please, Alan, you know about that. I think it yes, was pretty universally I think it was pretty universally loved. I do. Um pretty much every every podcast that I listen to and uh even like I guess like the main dirt sheet out there, you know, Dave Melzer. Yeah. His dirt sheet. Yeah, apparently, I mean even it was 85% of like their poll liked it. So, I mean, uh, and you know, same thing with the other match that we're probably going to get to here in a little while. <laughs> yes. So I, I mean, again, I just think that this could be a good idea if they, if, if, if he's going to keep coming back, if he's going to make that decision, I want to keep working. If Vince keeps making the call, keeps paying up the money and he says, we got to get more goddamn pal. We got to get more taker fine. But give me, give it to me in this format because this is a lot more tolerable than watching him and Goldberg, for instance, in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, him and Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. Um, him and Kane versus Shawn Michaels in Triple H in Saudi and uh, whatever that was, super, super, whatever the hell that show was called. That was just, just terrible, bad. Yeah, and honestly, this is probably the best match he's had since uh, WrestleMania 33. Maybe that him and Roman Reigns had a tag match against uh, Shane McMahon and uh, Drew McIntyre at Extreme Wolves last right. year. And I, I actually, I, I thought he looked good in that match. Actually, he, he was moving fine and he didn't, he didn't stink the joint out. I thought he, I thought he was fine in that match. I didn't mind him in that, but what what was it they yeah. used to say about Paul Heyman? How he used to extend? Uh, he he used to um, uh, what is that word? Like, um, he would he would uh over exaggerate the positives and hide the negatives. It's not exactly the word, but I think you know where I'm going with this. Yes, you yeah. know you find what 
these guys are really good at and you hide what they're not so good at. And so Taker, he's an old guy, but he can still do some stuff. You know, just put him in this format and and I'm fine with it. Once a year, I feel like we don't really need to see him more than once a year, but sometimes WWE, you know, they'll take a winning format and they'll want to work it two or three times a year. And I'm I'm kind of like, I feel like this should be like a once a year kind of deal. Yes, accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. That's what he used to say. There it is. <laughs> this is why it's so nice to have somebody talking with me here because uh, I try to do some of these alone at times and talking, uh, is not, is not good for me apparently. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, so to put a bow on that, I just thought it worked, you know, the Metallica music, the, the old graveyard and AJ and the Druids and, um, uh, the OC, you know, Gallows and Anderson and all this stuff. I just thought it worked so well. You had the little hand sticking out of the dirt. It was really, to was, me, one of the highest spots of the whole weekend. I was kind of hoping that, I was kind of hoping in a way Kane would show up just to like, you know, help him out because I mean, he was, I mean, he was, he literally fought off like, it was literally 10 guys versus one. I mean, right, right. So, I mean, if you can, you know, suspend your disbelief on that part, then yeah, but no, overall I enjoyed it. It was really good. It was, it was definitely probably, um, if it wasn't my favorite thing on the show, might've been my second favorite thing, but it was really good, man. I really enjoyed it. It was good. The, the only other thing I'll say about it is, uh, with all the talk about undertaker's wife, I'm surprised there wasn't even like the smallest cameo. Like maybe after he beats up AJ, she's on the bike and they ride out together or something like, I'm a little surprised that they didn't involve her in any way, shape or form other than talking about her. I'm glad they didn't do that. I just, we don't need to see her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come I mean, on, Alan. You don't want to look at that. She, she, no, no, no. She's a good looking woman, but I'm just saying, <laughs> I mean, you know, in ring wise or like any kind of storyline wise, I mean, she was a good heel, but mm, I don't know if I want to see her getting involved with this. And one thing I want to point out though, is I've seen, there were a few people online who thought that this buried AJ by, you know, not winning the match. Some oh people thought AJ, AJ, some people thought AJ should have won the match. And so I'll just say this. Uh, AJ is AJ. I feel like to me at this point, that guy is pretty much untouchable at this point. Oh, I feel yeah. like he's Jeff Hardy. He's, uh, he's untouchable. Yeah. I mean, okay. Like if it was like AJ is 42. Why, like, him being the Undertaker, what does that do for his career? Nothing. Like, he's al- AJ's already over. He's already he's already held the title for over a year. He's won the U.S. title. I mean, he's done it all in the company. What, what, him beating the Undertaker, that does nothing for him, honestly. It doesn't. Like, it doesn't. I feel like, the, if, if anything, I think him losing is better because he can come back and he can have a certain, a different edge to him and, and keep like building his character. So I think the loss is good for him. That, that that's a great point. I mean, now look, you know, if they come back and, and they bring him back and he's just same old AJ, then, then I, I, I don't know how much I like that, but I like your idea where this match has taken a piece of him 
not necessarily taking something away from him, but it's 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 essentially going to add something to his character that he can take away from and and utilize in, in storytelling going forward. Now, I know with the with the coronavirus and everything, a lot of probably big plans are probably on hold as they're trying to figure things out, um, you know, right. with all these tapings and everything. But um, I would think in the grand scheme of things, if all things were perfect and they were running full steam, like, yeah, you could bring in AJ, but I'd keep him out for a little while. Honestly, I'd keep him out for a month or two or three and bring him back around like June or July. And then let's see if something's different about him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that they, I think he should, he should sell the injury, stay out for two months or so, come back. And hopefully by then, you know, the, the world is back, you know, or somewhat back to normal and he can evolve that character some. And like, you know, I, I kind of felt like he was kind of being, before the Undertaker program, I kind of felt like he was being a little too cute, like being like, you know, kind of silly with like the OC. And right. I kind of feel like they, I kind of feel like after, after this program, he needs like a, he needs to come back and just be pissed off and have an edge to him and like just evolve that character. And I, I think this is an easy transition to do it. I mean, he, he had this badass fight and he lost, he comes back and he's just pissed off and he just, you know, takes it out on, Hell, it'd be cool if he came back and he just pissed off and he just maybe he comes back and he attacks Drew and goes right for the title. That'd now be, that, now you're okay. talking. Now you're talking. Yeah, that would be good. I would I would greatly appreciate that if that if that would be possible. Um, I would lo- I would love to see that because I think that AJ and Drew and uh, now I'm trying to think because Drew was in TNA. Were, were they in there? Were they in there around the same time or did Drew come after him? Because AJ left in early 2014. I'm just trying to think if they ever crossed paths in TNA before. Let me let me let me Google that while you, while we're thinking here. Because yeah, would, I'm not yeah I'm not sure because uh, yeah that's huh yeah that's true because he left and went back to he, he left and went to like he started doing ROH and New Japan and everything. So let's see. AJ, yeah, I, don't know. I just did a Google search for uh, AJ Styles versus Drew Galloway and I don't see. Well, here we go. I can just look at uh, Drew's wiki, and I can tell right off the bat where he was at what time. So let's see here. WWE. Let's see. Scrolling, scrolling. Twenty four. No, he he uh he went uh, in twenty fourteen. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because mm. he left WWE in twenty fourteen. So that makes sense. Okay, that's why they never cross paths i'm surprised they didn't even cross paths on the indies but uh i just googling it immediately i didn't see anything come up yeah see i mean that that would be i feel like that would be a perfect program to go to and uh and aj would i think aj and drew would tear it up oh man that would be you know that would be a cool summer type feud i i, I can almost kind of see where maybe they want to do rollins and 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 drew mcintyre as well just because Rollins is kind of one of their guys that they rotate, you know, kind of in and out there uh, around the sure. top, uh, which, which I'm not, I'm not, I don't subscribe to this stuff on the internet. Like a lot of people say, ah, oh, Seth Rollins sucks. I don't subscribe to all that mess. Okay. But, um, you know, it would not surprise me if he was one of the guys thrown in there. I mean, ultimately, if you look at it, um, you know, for, for Drew, I mean, this year could be very good. AJ, you got Rollins, you got a Lesnar rematch at some point down the line, um, there's they a lot of options. To, they can always go to Owens. 
They could always go to Owens. I would love to see that. So there are many different options for uh, for Mr. McIntyre, but I don't want to go to him just yet because I, I feel like people that are listening, that they, they want to hear the hottest of the hot, and I feel like people are really going to want us to talk about this fun house. So we should probably go there next, and then after this, We'll talk about more about the title scene. I think that would probably be the best uh, course of action. And you had texted me and you were telling me that you were not a fan of the fun house uh, whatsoever. Alan, you said you did not like it at all. Okay. So I just, so initially when I, when I sat there and I watched it after I got done watching it, I was just kind of like, okay, this is so inside. Like, <laughs> yes. So I'm putting myself in like, let's say I'm a, like, okay. So my, my friend was watching it. He, he was uh, watching the pay-per-view with me and he doesn't know all the inside baseball shit. Okay. Yep. And he watched it with me and he was, he was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I told him, I was like, well, that's a lot of inside stuff. And I think that was a, a lot of the reason why I didn't like it was because I just kind of felt like if someone casually, like let's say someone who watches WrestleMania for the, let's say, let's say they just watch it once. Let's say they just watch like wrestling every year at WrestleMania. Kind of right. like how people just, how people just watch the Super Bowl. And there, there's a lot of people out there who do that. They just watch. They'll watch WWE one time a year, and it's WrestleMania, just like people do for NFL. And yep. for for a person like that who just watches it like that, how the hell are they going to understand that unless their friend sits there and has to explain the whole thing to them? And I feel like for me, and that that's why I didn't enjoy it, because I just kind of felt like it was too complicated. But I understand what they were trying to get across. And then the NWO part, too, I just, I was like, okay, like, what does Bray Wyatt and Tina have to do with the NWO? But then <laughs> after I, I, I went back and watched it, and okay. I get what the, I get what they were trying to say, basically trying to compare Cena to Hogan, and yes. how, trying to, trying to play off of how Cena never, you know, Cena kept refusing to turn heel, but Hogan did. But, I don't know, I just, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Um, when I first saw it, I did hate it. When I was like the first time I watched it, when I watched it the second time, I was just kind of like, okay, I understand it, but it's just, you know, I still think it was too inside baseball for me. I knew you didn't like it when you texted me literally moments after it was done. I mean, probably not even five minutes when that was over. You were like, what was that? <laughs> it was just too inside for me, man. It just was. I don't know. I, I actually went back and watched it about a, about an hour before we're having this phone call and or doing this podcast rather I I went back and I had to watch it again because I was trying to take notes I was doing the solo quick hit podcast and I was trying to take notes of every little thing that happened and I kind of a lot of it got lost on me the first time around so watching it again um I just you know I agree I I'm not going to disagree with, with any of your points. I think they're all very valid points, but I do think that, you know, when you kind of think of this world that Bray Wyatt is in and he is very much in his own world. Um, mm -hmm. I think that in the context of what Bray Wyatt does, it made sense if, but, but again, now you have to be a wrestling fan. You have to follow along. 
because if you don't, then it doesn't make sense. And that, again, that is a very fair criticism. But I think within the world of Bray Wyatt and kind of the creative license they use with Bray Wyatt, this was okay. Um, the NWO thing, yeah, that was at first I was kind of like, well, okay, what are, what are we, you know, what are we trying to say here? And clearly, yes, it, it very much felt like a this is your life John Cena in a way. And a little bit this is your life Bray Wyatt because he went back to his old Bray Wyatt preacher man kind of thing for a little bit there. And they were rehashing the last WrestleMania they fought at. And there was yeah. just, there was just a lot to digest in there. So I think that definitely. It was. It was a lot. It, it was a lot for a viewer to sit there and, you know, it was basically like you were getting mind fucks for 15 for, I guess someone said it ran for 18 minutes. So you're getting mind fucks for 18 minutes. So, I mean, it's, it was so inside Alan that they referenced a John Moxley interview from a year ago where he was talking about Vince saying that is good shit. Like that's how inside it was. They were referencing a AEW contracted wrestlers interview that, you know, I mean, a lot of people heard, I don't want to make it sound like nobody heard a lot of people heard it, but like, they were literally mm-hmm. referencing that. That's how inside this was. Well, apparently, you know, Bruce Pritchard, Bray Wyatt, and John Cena all sat down and they produced this. So, and apparently, Bray Wyatt was the main was the main person spearheading this thing, and Bruce Pritchard, and then Cena apparently came in, and I guess he went over it, and he kind of, I guess, took out a couple things that he you know, wasn't comfortable with doing and, you know, changed it up and that's, they presented to Vince and then Vince just said, you know, I guess Vince was like, Oh, if Bruce is okay with it. I'm okay with it. And then they went with it. So, I mean, if we can find one really positive in it, I mean, as two guys who spent three years covering John Cena at the height of the, his peak, I would say where people really did not like him and, and all the criticisms of him, I think we can find one positive of this. This was definitely not your normal John Cena program or segment. So in one aspect, it was really cool to see John Cena in a different context and to see John Cena actually get to show some range in performance, not physical because this was not like a real match, but to actually show some acting range because before... You know, every time you'd see Cena, and I'm not one of these I hate Cena, but what I what I will say is it was always very much the same thing. He gets into kind of the preacher man mode. He would talk, you know, in a certain way every time. If people were, you know, kind of crapping on him for many years, he didn't play up on it. It was only until recently he started playing up on it. It was very much like the same guy for so many years. And so when you get him in this world, we actually get to see a different light of him. We get to see some range in his acting that you would get to see like in a movie he was in, for instance. And it was very refreshing and a fresh breath of air to see him in a different context, doing something different, but as John Cena. I want to make two points. So um, you you hit something there, and it made me it clicked into my mind. So right. one thing I want to say is is um, I want to I want to take something you know at least positive out of this, and the so. I'm a, I, I'm going to say that I'm okay, I'm okay with this over them having a regular wrestling match because let's be honest if they would have had a regular wrestling match it wouldn't have been good because the match they had at WrestleMania 30 wasn't that good to me I just I, I just didn't enjoy it, was, it I was there yeah, I, was, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. like well, it Well there you go yeah it wasn't it wasn't good 
So I feel like, and you know, and I feel like this this can go for the same argument as the AJ and Undertaker thing. Like, um, same thing. I don't think a regular wrestling match would have you know would have worked. So I feel like in both of these cases, I feel like for w- what they gave us, I thought was way better than an actual wrestling match. And um, as far as Cena goes, I really enjoyed him during this whole buildup. Like, I really thought yeah. when he came back, when he came back on the SmackDown that they had in Boston before the Elimination Chamber, and he cut the promo, and he walked up the ramp, and the fans were going insane, and then Wyatt came out, pointed to the sign. Like, it was just – I enjoyed the whole program, the, the whole buildup. I thought it was good. I thought – um I thought Bray was, you know, I really feel like he was kind of hitting his stride, really, honestly. I just, so, when he first started doing this character, whenever he fought Finn Balor at SummerSlam, I'm right. like, okay, we'll, 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 we'll see what we're going to get here. And after, after that, I was like, okay, all right. I was like, I'm enjoying the promos and everything. But after he won the title, and then he started doing the program with like the Miz and Daniel Bryan and all that. I was just kind of like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I was kind of cooling off on him a little bit. I'm like, I don't know. But then, um, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I, I wasn't crazy about him losing to Goldberg. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he should have lost to Goldberg. No. And I didn't. I didn't think he would lose the Goldberg, so I, that kind of, you know, I kind of felt like it could go either way. And when he lost the Goldberg, I understand it. Like, I definitely did not want to see Roman Reigns versus Bray Wyatt. I didn't want to see that at WrestleMania. No. Um, unless it was in this kind of format. But the yeah. only problem, the only problem is, though, is... Bray is not good in the ring. He's good. He, he's awesome on the mic. Like this, this character, this character's over and it's good, and that's great. But the problem is, is when he gets in the ring, it's a disconnect because he's just he's just not very good in the ring. I don't know what it is, but he's just it's just not good. And I I feel like you know a lot of Tina's points in this promo about how he's kind of. Um, you know, he's overprivileged. I feel like, I feel like that's true. That's, I mean, that's fair. I, I, I do think that Bray has good psychology. I think he knows, you know, he knows he, he, he feels his character. It's one of the rare characters in this entire company that feels like a true extension of the person. You know, I look yeah. at him and say that could be that guy because <clears throat> I think he's so, you know, invested in that character because it is, an extension to him. So I think the psychology is good. I think the character is good. I mean, yes. I mean, you could say about the in-ring work. I'm look, I've never laced up a pair of boots. I don't want to, I don't want to just drag the man through the mud, but I mean, I, (laughs) I I don't, I don't get super excited for his matches. I will say that. I mean, that is a fair point. The one with Daniel Bryan though was, was better than most of his matches. I will say, Oh yeah. Dude, if you put Daniel Bryan there with a broomstick, it's going to be good. <laughs> yeah. That, that guy, that guy can, Daniel Bryan, he can, he can make Kane look good. That guy can get anybody over. Now, uh, again, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to bash the guy or anything, but I mean, we're in 2020 and 
when you when you're the when you're the top dog in the company, if you want to carry the company, be the top dog. You can't be Hulk Hogan from the from the '80s, where you're just doing a basic move set of a boot, a boot and a leg drop, and that's it. I mean, you gotta you gotta come with it. You gotta bring something else, and I think that's that's just where I just kind of disconnect with him is in the end ring. So I thought, like I said, in this setting. I thought it was fine. Like I'll, I'll say, it was fine. Like I, it wasn't my favorite, but it was fine. It, it was better than having a wrestling match. So I'll say that. I can tell you, folks, I've been doing radio with this guy for on and off thirteen years. It's hard to impress this man. So if he says it's all right, we're gonna have to go with it, and <laughs> we'll have to let it be because it's hard to impress you, Alan Martin. <laughs> You're not easy to impress. Hey, I was impressed with the Boneyard match. I really was. I was I was stunned. Like I man, going into it, going in, actually going into this whole WrestleMania, I didn't know what to think. I mean, me either. I I, I mean, I'm thinking though honestly, the only thing I really thought was I was like, "Oh man, you know, is this going to be a disaster because there's no fans because I'm thinking, okay, are people going to pop when people win titles or like, I mean, there's no, you know, cause there's no reaction. I mean, are, are they going to put in, are they going to like put fan noise in? What are they going to, you know, so those were my only really thoughts. So I think I went into it with my expectations really low and overall, I mean, they, they surprised me. I, I thought, I thought it was a good show. I mean, there, there was some stuff I could have done without, but you know, overall it was good. That, that for me was, uh, was kind of a lot of my same sentiments. I, I looked at it like, you know, my, my, my expectations were at an all time low. I mean, look, the, what's going on in the world right now is absolutely unprecedented and I don't want to understate it uh, at all. Um, but you know, given the situation, given, um, you know, kind of the, the climate and, and kind of things, things that are happening right now, you know, for these guys to put on a show for these men and women to show up, whether they want to or not. And, and, you know, we may never hear publicly if they truly want to be doing it or not, regardless, they show up, they put in their best effort. They put their best foot forward. I mean, I think that, you know, we can, we can criticize stuff all day long, but I think we have to give it to these men and women because they are performing under kind of some some crazy circumstances. And so for them to go out there and put on that show, my expectation is very low. And this is not because I wasn't there because I did have tickets. I was going to be there. We wouldn't even be talking right now. I'd still be in Florida. Um, but... You know, they put on a great show, all things considered. I have to say, yes, could there be things you could do without? Of course. Uh, everything that they do is not going to be both of our cup of tea, but I think just the overall big picture, these people, um, they really put their best foot forward. They tried their absolute best with the circumstances they were given. Yeah, man, and that's, you know what, I commend them for um being open-minded and mainly I mainly this is direct towards Vince McMahon. I commend him because at the end of the day, it all comes, you know, directly through him. So I commend him for being open-minded and letting, letting, you know, letting Bray Wyatt and Undertaker and AJ Styles and Michael Hayes, Bruce Pritchard, Cena, all these guys. I'm, I'm glad he let them just use their creative juices. And, uh, you know, Jeremy Borash, I can't forget him because oh, no. he was a big, 
yeah, he was a big part of producing, producing all this as well. So, you know, I, I got to commend them all for just putting their juices together and giving us something fresh, something new, something different. That's all we so. can ask for. And speaking of something different, you know, we were all going into this thinking that, uh, Bill Goldberg was going to be facing Roman Reigns. And you know what? Uh, like you, I did not expect the fiend, uh, to lose the universal championship in Saudi Arabia until, you know, you know, we find out he's going to be facing Goldberg. And then there's that thought, well, what if, you know, what if we get Goldberg and Roman Reigns now, would that be a great match? Probably not, but it's probably better than the fiend and Roman to be fair. Um, like you said earlier, um, you know, so I would, there was actually a part of me, Alan, that was looking forward to this match. And I completely understand Roman, uh, needing to pull out of this event, uh, because of his circumstances, the fact that he is autoimmune compromised, he he's, uh, you know, uh, he had leukemia, this guy. And, and so he's at a high risk higher than most, um, to potentially contract the, the coronavirus. So with that all being said, him pulling out, I did not have a problem with. The one thing that I had an issue with was the way that the company handled this, the way that they dragged it out. And I know, yeah, they had it taped for a week or two or three or whatever, but they still dragged their feet as long as they possibly could, just like they dragged their feet as long as they could in actually canceling the Tampa WrestleMania. And they dragged that on and on and on and on. And, um, with this Roman Reigns announcement, and then you have Paul Levesque and he's doing all the, uh, the media and saying, you know, yes, you know, we're going to explain this in storyline, why Roman is not there and all this stuff. And then on the SmackDown, it's just breaking news, Braun Strowman and Bill Goldberg. Boom. That was it. Nothing else. We didn't get any sort of explanation. It didn't play out. So if I'm critical of anything, it was the way that the company handled it. If, if you want to take him out of the match or he wants to take himself out of the match, I have no problem with that. I'm not upset. I completely understand it. There's absolutely no problem, but the company, uh, handling it in the way that they did, uh, you know, one person saying we're going to explain it and then they just don't explain it. I have a big problem with that. I agree with you hundred percent, man. Um, Supposedly, they they taped a segment that was supposed to air on SmackDown before WrestleMania, the Friday, or you know the 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 day before WrestleMania was going to start. Part one was going to start, and right. they just, I guess, they just decided just not to air it. And uh, I don't know if it was because they were concerned that people might not tune in because you know because they because Reigns wasn't going to be on it, or I don't know what the issue was, or. But yeah, they, it's pretty stupid. Even Roman Reigns came out a week before WrestleMania on his own Instagram account. And he basically cut a promo on the dirt sheet writers and the fans yeah, saying how, you know, cause people, a lot of people were, criti- I mean, I can't believe it. People were actually criticizing him for pulling <laughs> out of the match. Yeah. That, is, that is so stupid. Really? Come on. Like the internet has, never changes, has- Alan. <laughs> Yeah, no, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah, we talked, yeah, we, we talked about this on the, on the other show we recorded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's, that's sad that he had to get on there and do that. But I understand it because after a while, you know, you just, you, you get so, I mean, you get so many mentions and you get so many people like, just browbeating you down you just feel like you have to address it and say something even though 
in reality, he doesn't owe he doesn't owe anybody a damn thing. No that guy, way. he he's beat cancer twice, and he had every single right to pull himself off that card. Yes. Uh, you know, his his wife, his kids. That's his family. That's his number one priority, and he needs to be around for the long haul for them. Wrestling is, you know, definitely not essential at all whatsoever. Yeah, I, I don't throw the blame at him at all. And for him to have to, you know, look, I get it. There's a lot of people that say a lot of garbage stuff on the internet. I used to do that. Uh, that was that was my specialty, the shoot, remember? Uh, used to talk trash <laughs> for a living. Um, but, you know, for 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 everything he's been through, for people to, to criticize him, no way, shape, or form. That should not be happening. It should be understanding. Uh, but it is on the company a little bit to to communicate things you know it's it yeah here's the thing alan it's not like it it's not like this is 10 years ago when you and i used to do uh radio and we used to talk about all these random things they would do the start and stop and the no explanations and all the stuff for absolutely no reason the fuck finishes and all the stuff that they used to do we're in an unprecedented time so it you know if they need to come forward and make announcements to pull things or change things Nine times out of 10, the people are going to be understanding that they need to make changes. They're not going to be looking to throw the pitchforks out at the company. It's okay to get out ahead of these things, especially in a time like this. I think people are going to be more understanding than they think. But then again, they're probably thinking of the people that are sitting there in Roman Reigns Twitter mentions and thinking, oh, God, that's what we have to try to uh, explain ourselves to. Yeah, I don't. I don't even have a good explanation to tell you why they didn't just come out and say something. They should have, they should have like, I know the show was in the can already and taped, but they could have easily got anyone. I mean, they could have got Tom Phillips or Corey Graves or somebody. I mean, even Stephanie McMahon, triple H, somebody could have at least came into the studio and just simply cut a promo saying, Hey, you know, Due to, you know, they could have just made something up. They could have been like, oh, you know, due to medical reasons, Roman Reigns is injured. I would have been okay with that. That would have been okay. Or or anything. Dude, even this. I mean, if you got Roman. Well, you could tell the truth. Or how about how about this? Maybe Roman's okay with this. Maybe he's not. If not, then this idea doesn't make sense. But how about WrestleMania? uh, Bill Goldberg's in the ring, and we go backstage, and we just see Roman laying there on the floor. And then, yeah, that would have been been fine. Yeah, exactly. That would have been, that would have been fine because then you could have, uh, you know, you could have been like, okay, uh, had a whodunit angle and he could have had a program when he came back and that would have been okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple of things you could have done, but just going on there literally the night before. And the reason why I think a lot of people were upset, um, the reason why I think it reached some criticism as well is because they were selling the show on traditional pay-per-view. And I know that that's a very small audience of people that are actually going to buy that. But when you think about it like this, there is a small section of people. And if they're going to spend the fifty nine ninety nine or whatever the, the package was for both nights, uh, and thinking they're going to get Roman reigns and they're not, that is a problem. I mean, that is false advertising. Vince has a history of doing that for years and years and years. But especially right now is not the time to do it. He he did it last he did it last year at uh at the Royal Rumble last year whenever Brock Lesnar fought Finn Balor at uh, Royal Rumble uh, twenty nineteen he 
they let people think all they let people think pretty much all the way up until two weeks of the show that he he was going to face Braun Strowman, and then all of a sudden, like everyone knew online that Braun's like Braun wasn't healed up from his arm, so everyone's right. like, okay, what the hell's going on here? And then all of a sudden, they did this little, you know, they they just had this little match out of nowhere, and they're like, okay, whoever wins this four way wins, and then they they had Balor go over Cena, and then boom. Balor's in the match, and all because McMahon was was worried that oh Balor and and uh, Balor and Lesnar might not might not sell. So that's just that's just his his weird thinking, man. I know, I know. Uh, but I will say this: I mean, we got the match. It was Goldberg. It was Braun Strowman. It was not very long at all. It was like three or four jackham or yeah spears, jackhammers, whatever power slams, and it was over. They got in and out as quickly as they possibly could. I'm not going to complain about this because believe it or not. And I know on the internet, Braun Strowman is not a very popular person sometimes for the, some of the things he says or for his quote unquote work rate. But here's the thing. You got a big guy. This is Vince's template all day long. And I think that when they put him in the right stuff, he has proven that he can show up and he can do a great job. So with that being said, now he has a major championship in this company. It is time to finally do something meaningful with this man. Give him, uh, you know, an incredible reign. I'm actually excited because I want to see what they do with Braun Strowman. Um, you know, I've seen Braun say some stupid stuff online. He's just uh, he's just an old country boy. He's just an old country boy. He says. You know, he just kind of says stupid things sometimes. But, I mean, you know, I feel like uh, sometimes maybe it's taken a little bit out of context, too. But I will say that I'm okay with Braun winning a title here. Um, I feel like they should have put the title on him two years ago whenever he was actually over and he was hot. Oh, yeah. That guy that guy was so over. When he, when he won that money in the bank, that yeah. guy was like on fire and they just, for whatever reasons, McMahon has got cold feet on him. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And so I feel like they kind of, you know, I, I feel like they kind of missed the boat on putting him up or putting that tile on him whenever he was at his hottest. But now I'm okay with it. Let's just, you know, leave it on him and see where it goes. And I think for a big man, I think he works. I think he works pretty good for a big man. I mean, is he? I don't know. He's he's not. You know, he's not Kevin Owens or anything like that. But I think for his for his size, I think he works fine. When he whenever he first came in the company, whenever he was in the Wyatt family, he was terrible. Yeah. So he's <laughs> yeah. he's, he's came a long he's came a long way. I the the character's over. I mean, the character's over. He he's fine on the microphone, so I'm okay with it, man. I mean, honestly, if it was if it was me, I would I would have left it on Goldberg just so I understand why I didn't leave it on Goldberg because because they don't want to have to keep paying Goldberg a bunch of money to keep having them appear. Yeah, but that's true. I would have kept it on Goldberg just so you could see that Roman Reigns match through. It's what I would have done because they're they're so hell bent on getting that title on Roman, which is fine, and that's okay. I don't have a problem with Roman getting the belt, but I don't I don't know 
if I want to see Braun and Roman have another program, because I think I, I think they exhausted that program to death. Well, I think you're right, but I I mean it would be crazy to think that they're not going to go there at some point, like a SummerSlam or even WrestleMania oh, next year. I mean, a lot of people are saying because it's in LA next year, they want to see Roman and the rock. And I don't know how realistic that is, but mm. I, mm, yeah, I, I very much do see though a Roman and Braun. It's going to happen. It's these two are going to come to a head at some point, but that's ultimately why I would have loved to have seen them. If the, if, if, if they were able to do it, to have Roman laid out and then maybe see those boots walk by his lifeless body and then Braun Strowman takes the match and, you know, we're off to the races whenever they come back with this thing. Um, so there's, there's a couple of different options there. You know, when you look at SmackDown and kind of all the guys that are over there, you know, I don't know how many, uh, look appealing to me when it comes to, you know, fighting Braun Strowman. Like I, I don't really get excited about like Baron Corbin and Braun Strowman. I don't know how I like that at all, but you know, no. I, I'm hoping they come up with some creative ideas for the guy. It's weird because like Braun was an intercontinental champion. He beat he, he beat he was feuding with Nakamura. He took it off him, and then he he was still feuding with them. But then he he had the the, the three way or the uh, or the uh, handicap match against them at the I, I guess elimination chamber, and he lost the belt to Sami Zayn. Right. And instead of going and, and I thought they were just going to do a, I thought they were going to do a one on one match with Zayn and Braun, but all of a sudden they just. They just stuck Daniel Bryan. They just stuck Daniel Bryan in that spot instead, and Braun wasn't even booked on the card. And then randomly, boom! Now he's the champion. So it's just, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable, man. It it really is. So I hope that you know they have something in mind that it wasn't just oh we got to get the belt off Goldberg, so let's just put it on Braun and we'll figure it out later. I hope that there's a a true thought in mind of this is what we can do with him. Here's the two or three guys that we can have him go head up against, you know, for the next couple of months or, or even while they figure out their own taping. Cause I mean, honestly, we don't know how many more tapings they're going to get in before they just get shut down altogether. Supposedly they're taping this week. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how that works out for them. Yeah. Um, it'll be, it, it'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out. Let's uh, let, let's go back to Drew for a moment because we, we were kind of hinting at him a little bit earlier when we talked about AJ. Mm -hmm. Drew, the other big, big winner from WrestleMania, beating Brock Lesnar, almost the exact same match that uh, Strowman had with uh, Goldberg in the sense of each guy's hitting multiple finishers and then one guy wins, and that guy was uh, Drew McIntyre. Now, look, I don't have any problem with McIntyre whatsoever. I think he's a hell of a talent. And matter of fact, you know, 10 years ago when we were doing radio together, he was uh, on the rise. He was uh, a young blue chipper, as they would say. And yes. uh, he ultimately burned out, and he became a three member of 3MB. And then he, he went on the indies. He re structured his entire career and he came back and, and now he really is the total package. No pun intended. I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Drew fan. I, I loved him when he first, when he first came into the company and won the IC title and, um, the chosen one. He, yeah. The chosen one. He had, he had the broken dreams music. I love that guy. Um, and I know he, I didn't I didn't really follow him too much whenever he was on the Indies and he went to you know Impact or TNA whatever the hell they they call themselves I I didn't follow him too much I, I know he went over there and won their belt and all that yeah um, but 
when he whenever he came back to NXT, I was like, all right, Drew's back, cool. And yeah. then I was there. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That yeah, was a man. hell of a pop. Let me tell you, hell of a pop. Yeah, he's one thing I'll say about him is, is good lord, he's and he's 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 bulked up since then. I mean, he's really got jacked up, which is good, man. I mean, he. That guy's he's in great shape. He has a good look to him. Um, he's a good speaker. I think he's I think he's the perfect WWE champion. I mean, he's he fits the Vince McMahon, you know, he fits that mold, man. Like oh, yeah, yeah. if you if you go back and look at like, you know, like Hogan and Warrior like that that big champion, Brock Lesnar. That's that's the reason why Brock has held the title so many damn times and made it so many WrestleManias because Vince loves that. He loves that big champion, that that look, that guy who's just, he's just unstoppable. So I feel like Drew, if McMahon really gets behind him, I mean, sky's the limit on like how far he can go with that title and, you know, with this company, honestly. True, true. I'm, and I, you know, again, we talked a little bit about it earlier, but, you know, again, you, you can put him up against AJ, you can put him up against Seth, you can put him up against Kevin Owens. Like, there's so many options. And Monday, they decided to put him up against the big show. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, like, okay. Must be so that ironclad whenever... contract that big show has. Remember that? Oh, God. Whenever. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, a, that's an old school one. I know. Like, man. when. When he, whenever they announced that they said that they had like a, a big announcement after WrestleMania went off the air, I'm thinking, okay, shit, you know, maybe somebody debuted or yeah. I'm thinking, because I'm thinking, oh shit, did Killer Cross come out to confront Drew or something? Because like, wow. I know Killer Cross is supposed to be that, well, that's what crossed my mind because they were... I mean, Nia Jax came back on the show, and Bianca Belair came in and debuted. So I'm just like, well, shit, man, what if what if Killer Cross or I'm thinking I'm thinking somebody debuted Adam Cole, honestly. yeah, Adam Cole. I mean, Velveteen Dream, somebody. I'm thinking somebody debuted. Okay, yeah, and so I'm like, oh shit, you know, I gotta watch this because like you know, since someone's gonna confront Drew, I'm I'm thinking, all right, or I, I, even I thought, oh well, shit, what if Kevin Owens comes out or something? So. Yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm waiting. Or hell, even Rollins would have been interesting. But but then I hear the fucking Big Show's music come on, and I'm like, really? Come on. <laughs> you know what killed me? I I really thought uh, I I uh, I got a hell of a laugh because Drew McIntyre really. I don't know if somebody made this out of a meme or a gif or something. If they have not, they need to. But go back and look at the video of Drew's face when the big show comes out. Like he's like rolling his eyes, like, are you serious? Is this really happening right now? And I'm like, this guy really is thinking. He's really one of us, this son of a bitch. I love him. He really thinks like we think, because we're all like, Oh, it's the big show. Like <laughs> really? Like, and what is going on here? I don't mind the big show, but come on, I mean Really? I mean, well, he's got a new no Netflix one, show, so they got to get him out there, I guess. I, I honestly, I think that he's local in Florida, and they called him, and he said okay, and he came down with his gear. That, that's all. 
And, and, and to top it all off, Alan, I was sitting there as a fan that actually pays attention and God damn, I know that fans that actually pay attention are the ones that get punished the most because if Vince doesn't remember it, then God damn pal, who's going to remember it. But Byron Saxton, Byron Saxton actually had the audacity to say, this has never happened before. When is a champion ever been challenged for the title after uh, winning his match at WrestleMania. And I'm just like, Byron. Wasn't that, Br- wasn't that Bret Hart? And, Bret, uh, Bret Hart, Yokozuna, yeah. Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 9. Like, come on, Byron. Right. I got to hit him again with the buzzer because, like, dude, I, I mean, that was a, I mean, okay. I know people hated that WrestleMania, but that, I mean, it's it involves Hogan and Bret. Like, how do you not remember that? Like, how do you not remember the fact that Bret Hart got beaten for the title and then Hulk Hogan comes out. Brett's got the salt in his eyes, and he says, no, go, go, go. And Mr. Fuji was the one who put out the challenge. He said, I issue you a challenge right here, right now. Come well, on, fuck, man. I mean, let, let's even go to the next the next year's WrestleMania when they, they had two title matches at that WrestleMania where Luger fought, Luger fought, fought Yoko, and right. then Yoko fought Brett. So, again, I mean, two years in a row they – pretty much did that that gimmick man byron saxon has got to pay attention i'm telling you right now this guy i'm not i'm not i'm not in the fuck byron club i like byron we've tweeted before i like him he's he actually he's actually from my town i like him (laughs) one little thing that i noticed i guess is not a big deal but i noticed is uh so if you go back and watch raw um, you can tell that they just like kind of like pieced in stuff from the show because the, 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 the table was in two different spots throughout the show. If you notice yes. like the commentary team, like the commentary team was at the top of the ramp at certain parts of the show. And then they were at ringside on other parts of the show. Yeah, it was all over the place. I, I think, and, and I've, I've, I was hearing that they filmed a lot of the stuff out of order, like. Last night's Raw was taped after WrestleMania or, you know, before WrestleMania and stuff like that. Right. So. Yeah. But uh, uh, just to put a bow on the big show, though, I'm just like, I don't know that we really needed. I mean, I guess it's something, you know, he has the Netflix show that premiered yesterday, so they wanted to get him out there on the show. So I get all that, but it just in the grand scheme of things, it's like, oh, God, the big show. I really, I really didn't need to see Big Show, but Big Show and Kane—they're kind of those—they're kind of in that same group where they always find something for these guys every time. They always have something for them. Like we always hear about, oh, goddamn, Creative's got nothing for this guy. They got nothing for that guy. But man, they always find something for Big Show and Kane. I think that. I think it's okay, though. I mean, if you think about it. I mean, they've they've been using Kane's been Kane's been in that company since 1995. So long time. I think when it, yeah. So and then Big Show 1999. So what you know? And I I know he had like a maybe like a two three year hiatus where he left the company or whatever. But um, you know, I mean that's I get it. It's kind of like the same thing with the Undertaker, you know. They just—they're big guys, and they, you know, they can use them and get other guys over, or you know, use them and like. And most of the time, when they come back, I mean, they're most of the time they're they're getting guys over. It's not like they're coming back and like if they're coming back and burying guys. 
then I'd be like, what the fuck? But, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, you know, yeah. so yeah, even with the undertaker, you know, like I feel like a lot of people like to argue that, Oh man, he's coming back and he's burying guys or whatever. But you know, same thing, you know, with AJ, I don't, I don't, it didn't hurt, it didn't hurt AJ at all. Like, I feel like it gave AJ a spotlight and gave, I mean, if you notice, every single year, they always give AJ somebody really good for WrestleMania every year. They take care, they've been taking care of AJ every year. They gave him Jericho his oh, first yeah. year at WrestleMania. They gave him Jericho. They gave him Shane McMahon. They, <clears throat> they gave him Randy Orton. Undertaker. I mean, He's Nakamura. He's good, yeah. Yeah. So every single WrestleMania, he's been with someone good. It's not like he's not like they've had him come out there and like face like Baron Corbin. Yeah. So they've taken care of him. So you know that I feel like that that argument is just not valid. Um, but I get your point though. I don't. I wasn't a fan of Big Show coming coming there in that spot. I kind of feel like they should have used that for someone else debuting. I mean. Um, I know they signed Timothy Thatcher. They could have used Timothy Thatcher in that spot. They could use Killer Cross in that spot. Um, anyone, you know? Yeah, I mean, there was there was many different uh, spots they could go, but I think also they're just like, hey, there's nobody in the crowd. Like, do we really want to? You know, do we really want to blow a big debut in front of nobody? Yeah, and I get well. I mean. But, but yeah, I guess, I mean, uh, another company were doing debuts without a crowd too. So. No, this is true. I mean, but also for them to say, this is the raw after WrestleMania and they really didn't do anything groundbreaking. That was a little bit disappointing. And I think the rating reflected it accurately. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, Bianca Belair coming out, that was, that was cool. But I mean, she came out at WrestleMania, but her coming out on raw was cool. But then I wasn't like, I, I I wasn't expecting Nia Jax to, to pop back up. So that was, you know, that was cool seeing her back. It was something I'll, I'll give them that. Speaking of the women, we should talk about this. Cause my God, when you get you and I on here, I mean, man, we could talk for three or four hours. I don't know that people want to listen for three or four hours, but we could definitely talk for three or four hours. But, right. um, speaking of the women, we should pivot over to Becky and Shayna because if you really want to argue anything, I, I, will make the strongest argument of why I think that Shayna should have won here. And, uh, I, I've liked Becky for the longest time. I think she's tremendous, but I think that in order for WWE's formula of, we're going to have these two have a match and then we're going to have them do a rematch of a rematch of a rematch three and four months down the line here in order for that to work, you can't have the baby face win on the very first showdown. You got to have, the heel win and then let the baby face chase the heel. Where are you at with this? Cause I was just like, you know, this is the one thing I was kind of disappointed in. Not necessarily that Becky won. Cause I do like her, but in mm -hmm. the fact that Shayna lost and I feel like I know this is not the last match between these two. So what is the, I mean, Becky should just be like, well, I already beat her. What do I need to fight her again for? I think they're, the way that they booked that, the way that she pinned her with the with the sleeper hold, and then then like rolling back through, like kind of like the Austin Brett finish from the, the from the Survivor Series ninety what, what was that ninety six yeah yeah. So I feel like with that finish, I feel like the story they're trying to tell is, hey, 
Shayna, Shayna really beat the hell out of me, and I, I beat her, but I barely won. I barely escaped. And so I think their rationale is, hey, you know, Shayna is a, you know, Shayna can, Shayna can beat you. You barely won. So I want to, I want to prove it to you. And maybe they do some kind of stipulation match, like a submission match or something like that. But I kind of like that's their, their thought process because they didn't bury her. I mean, it's not like she, she didn't tap out. She right. just, I mean, she, I mean, she beat her with it. I mean, she cradled her up and beat her with, with that. So it was like a fluke win. Basically is what they did. Now I understand your argument. Like, they bring Shane to me. Shana should have won the Rumble. Yes, me, yes. In my mind, Shana should have won the Rumble, and then she should have. To me, if you're gonna beat her, like they did, she should at least won the Rumble. And I, I kind of feel like she would have been hotter going in because I, I don't really feel like she was. I don't, I don't really feel like that match was hot. No, going it, didn't, in. it did not feel hot at all. Yeah, I feel like if anything, I feel like the NXT title match was hotter. The, the Charlotte and uh, Real Ripley match was hotter, I think. And that was I a great match. A, and yeah, their their match was their match was way better, I think. Um, I like Becky. Um, I'm a huge fan. I like right. the gimmick and everything. Um, I'm okay with their with them keeping the title on her. Um, I didn't really like, I didn't feel one way or the other. I remember my brother texted me and he's like, Oh man, he's like, they should have took the tile off of her and, you know, gave it to the Baszler. But so I understand both arguments, but at the same time, like Becky is still like one of their top merchandise sellers. So that's very true. I, but it, yeah, but, but if, they, mean, if they have another match though, you got to give it to Shayna though. Right. I mean, come on. I, I can't argue that. I mean, yeah, maybe they should. And she's had Becky's. She's over a year now with that belt. So, and that that's insane in itself when you think about it. Considering how much WWE likes to flip those titles all the time. Oh my she's god! Been champion yeah. for over a year. So yeah, I would be okay with it if she. Well, shit. Okay, they got Money in the Bank coming up. What if What if Shayna won Money in the Bank and then she cat like let Let's say. Let me give you a scenario. Okay. So let's say Becky faces Nia Jax because Nia Jax just, just came back. And let's say Shayna, Shayna wins money in the bank and then she cashes in on that match and she beats Becky for the belt and like, you know, kind of like a, you know, like, like in a hill way. Right. Then, and then they can, you know, they can fight at SummerSlam for the belt. And I feel like that would be, I feel like that would be okay because, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt Becky because, you know, Shayna came in and cashed in and on her. So I feel like that would be and I think that'd be a good story going into SummerSlam, I think. Well, I think it helps too if if she wins the money in the bank because then it gives her a reason to be eligible to fight for the title again, you know, unless they want to tell the other story somewhere where you're saying before it's a fluke and Becky's like, oh, I don't know that I got all of that. I want to prove it, and then they go again. But I, I kind of like the money in the bank idea a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, so they had they had Shayna cut the promo. Shayna cut the promo um, last night. Basically, you know, basically kind of like made it seem like they're still gonna have a feud, and and that's okay. They can Shayna can can win that money in the bank. Becky can fight Nia Jax and. 
they don't they don't have to beat they don't have to beat Nia because I know she just came back. They don't have to beat her, or they don't have to beat you know they don't have to beat her because Shayna can come in, maybe like you know hit both of them with the briefcase, right? Cash it, cash it in, win, get out of there, and. You have your, I mean, if, even if you want to do a three-way at SummerSlam, you can do that too. And I feel like that would be, you know, I feel like that would be a good feud going into the summer. Fair point, fair point. Let's, uh, you mentioned the NXT title. We should talk about that as well. The NXT Women's Championship, uh, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair. Charlotte goes over here. I was initially very surprised. However, there was a report today, PW Insider reporting that, uh, in fact, uh, Rhea Ripley needed to go home to Australia for a visa issue. So that may explain why uh, Charlotte mm. is now the champion. But also there's a thought of, I know the Wrestling Observer had kind of speculated that, you know, the thought was, well, let's get Charlotte on the weekly NXT show to kind of combat and give a little star power against uh, AEW. Your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't even, I didn't even read that. So, um, yeah. wow, that's, that's crazy. Um, uh, I kind of, in a way I kind of felt like she was going to win. They just, uh, she's, she's, I mean, oh, you know, some people might not agree with this, but I think out of the women and the men, I think she's probably the best athlete they have on that roster. Charlotte Flair, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. I think she's, I think she's the best athlete out of the men and the women on that roster. I do. I think she's that good. You like her better than like an Oscar, for instance. Yeah, man, I do. Wow, she okay. is. I, I, I think she's. I, I think she's this. She's that good in the ring, man. She's. I, I think that. I think her. And Tessa Blanchard are probably the two best women out there, man. That's They're the really, one. That's I mean, the one I kind of think of, Tessa. Yeah, I think those two are the. And I would, I would love to see those two in a match somewhere. I don't know if it's in WWE or AEW or wherever, but I would love to see those two in a wrestling match because I think those are the two best women out there. I do, and. Yeah, Oscar. Yeah, I I would probably I would probably put Oscar there at number three. I'm a huge Oscar fan. I do. I think she's. I think she's. Un, I think she's underutilized. Oh yeah, that's anything. fair for sure. I I mean I, I've kind of enjoyed a little bit some of this like crazier stuff she's doing now, where she's just like screaming for no reason. I find some humor in that, but I mean, most importantly, I love she backs up in the ring. Right now. Yeah, I love what she. I love what they're doing with her, with the whole the the dancing and the screaming and everything. They've really been <laughs> they've been really utilizing her a lot on TV. It's almost like um, it's almost like they it's almost like they finally figured out how to use her after all after like bringing her up from NXT. It's like they booked her correctly in NXT, and then when she got to the main roster, I already knew they were going to fuck her up. Like they they booked her well for the first year. Right. Same thing with Nakamura. Same thing with Nakamura. Same thing. They they got booked well the first year they were on the roster. Then once they once they got to Wrestle, well, literally both WrestleMania New Orleans when they got there, and then they lost. After that, it was just downhill from there. It was just even even when they gave Oscar the title yeah. last year, she was still the background player because. And this this is what pissed me off about it. So they had they had Oscar 
win that ladder match and get the belt from Becky and Charlotte. She gets the belt, okay? But then we have uh, we have Rousey, and then we have Charlotte, and then we had Becky in the triple thread. Right. And then Charlotte, and then Charlotte just comes and just beats Oscar for the belt randomly on a on a SmackDown out of nowhere. I'm just like, what the hell? <laughs> so they just, yeah, they. I don't know, man. They just they've used her wrong for so long. But I like what she's doing right now, and yeah, I do. I do think she's she's definitely in that top mix. Probably probably number three for me. But I. Yeah, Tessa. To me, Tessa and and Charlotte, they, they could be one, one or two. They could flip flop, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of their in ring. Right, right. Well, I definitely, I, I, I cannot believe I almost forgot to bring this up with you, and and I, I almost feel like it's an insult to the man that it's taken almost an hour and a half to get to this. But Edge, my God, the man is back. He wrestled in a last man standing match with. Uh, uh, Randy Orton and, um, you know, look, Alan, a lot of people were very critical about this match. The fact that it went so long, the fact that mm-hmm. they had the hanging spot, which a lot of people called the Chris Benoit spot. Um, there's a yeah. lot of things that people, uh, criticize about this match. Where were you at as far as this match? Did you like it? Did you not like it? What, what was your take on it? I, I'm kind of in agreement with everyone else, man. Like I thought it was, I thought it was too long. Like I just, I didn't really feel like we needed to have, like, think about it. Like, did we really need to have 30 minutes of 30? This match went 36 minutes. 36 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. This was the second, they said this was the second longest match in WrestleMania history behind the, the behind the Bret Hart and Sean Sean Michaels match. Yeah. This was the second longest match. Thirty six minutes. This match did not need to go that long. It didn't. Like they they never even got in the ring. That then that's what trips me out. Like they I, I was watching that I was watching his his comeback story and he's training the ring and everything. They never even got in the ring. That documentary, <laughs> I'll just say very quickly, that documentary was the best thing that that company has ever put out bar none. I cried throughout that damn thing. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, it was one of the best things they put out, but yes, they had this man sparring with his wife, with uh, dash wilder. He looked great for what we saw, but we never actually got to see yeah. him in the ring with Orton. Now look, you know, you can make the argument. Hey, look the story where they're at with this story. It made more sense to do the garbage brawling and all that stuff. But you know, it was, it was a little long in the tooth as the old timers might say, it was a little bit, it was a little bit long. I could have done, you know, without some of the stuff, you know, if you told me 15, maybe 20 minutes tops, I probably would have been okay with it. But all that aside, I'm just, I'm so glad to see edge back. I think it's a feel good story. I think that now that he's back, there's a whole bunch of possibilities for him. I mean, my God, him and drew that could be a thing a baby face baby face match or you know by god a year from now you turn edge heel turn him fucking heel we could you know there's so many things we can do with edge now that he's back and and it really feels like no matter which brand he ends up on if he stays on raw or if he goes to smackdown like he is going to uh reignite uh you know 
kind of a spark on this roster. And again, we talked earlier about how there's the most talented roster there's ever been, and that is true. But now you have some more star power, a guy that I think probably can still go for a couple more years. And this is going to be very interesting. Yeah, I honestly, I felt like Orton and Edge, I felt like it was a 1999 plunder match. It was like, it was like one of those 1999 hardcore matches that That's they fair. used to have with like, with like hardcore Holly and Al Snow. That's 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 what this was. And you know that that's okay, but the problem is if people were wanting to people wanted to see like these guys actually in the ring like this is this is kind of what I was hoping for. I was hoping that they were going to they were going to like be in ring do do stuff, but then maybe, you know, maybe use the announce table, maybe use some chairs and, a, right. and you know, maybe use a table, but it was kind of hoping for an actual wrestling match. And this was literally them just fighting all over the performance center for 36 minutes. And I just, I don't know. I, I kind of felt like it would have been, if the match would have been 20 minutes, then I'd have been like, okay, this is fine. But I just feel like it ran a little too long. But with that said, I'm glad he's back. Um, I'm glad he got the glad he got the victory. Glad he's back, and I think, gosh, he has so many people he can work with. I mean, yeah. he can work with Seth. He can work with Seth Rollins. He can I want to see AJ, that. AJ Styles. Yeah, they teased um, that in the can, Rumble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, hell, AJ could even bring up how he got hurt from the spear. Um, yeah, he could. Hell, man, he he could fight. Um, Alistair Black, Bobby mm, Lashley, yeah. Kevin Owens. I mean, you just drew. I mean, you you can. I mean, hell, you go to Drew if you wanted to. I mean, that's that's a lot of different ways you can go with Edge. So, well, shit. And hell, if you want to go to the other brand, you know, when Roman comes back, oh man, him and Roman Spear versus Spear. I mean, hell, Roman eliminated Edge in the Rumble, so you already got that. You want to do uh, something wild. Um, you know, we're always talking, we're always hearing about, uh, you know, AEW and NXT competing, you know, maybe you throw him down at NXT for a week and have him and like Adam Cole, just tear the fucking house down or him and Johnny Gargano or one of these guys that could be crazy even. Oh man. Yeah. T- Tommaso Ciampa and edge oh. or, oh man, dude. dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That would be awesome. Or Velveteen dream or any of those guys, man. Yeah. They would. I feel like they would probably tear it up or hell man. What about, you know, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. Oh man. Matt I Riddle mean, and got, edge. That would be something. They got so much damn talent, man. I mean, Pete Dunn. Right. Oh man. It, I mean, it's just endless guys that they could put him in the ring with. What about Walter, Walter and edge, Finn Balor and edge. I mean, oh, they got so God. many guys. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's he's got so many guys that he could work with. Well, and I don't think they're throwing him back like full time. So with that in mind, like, you know, I'm hoping that this thing with Orton has been fully blown off. So that way, for the limited time we're going to see him, I hope they put him in the right spots. Um, from from what I'm getting out of it, he signed he signed a two year deal. From what I'm getting out of it, so um, seems like I mean, seems like we're gonna have him. Uh, we're gonna have him for foreseeable future. But I'm sure it is. You know, he's not gonna be on like every week's Raw. I, yeah, would I wouldn't do that. that. Right. I would assume they're probably gonna use him like it. You know, uh, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, Mania. I assume he would pop in for the big ones. Would be my assumption. 
Fair enough. That I and anybody that he faces, I would love to see literally anybody because I think that uh, he's going to get a good match out of any of these guys, the AJs, the Seths, you know, whoever, whoever doesn't face McIntyre, maybe at like SummerSlam, maybe you put him up against Edge. Yeah, that yeah. would be okay. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, yeah, I think I feel like they can go to they can go to any of those guys, and I feel like it'll be a good match. I mean, AJ. I mean, you know, again, you know, I feel like if if you don't do AJ and Drew, you could go you could, you could go right there and go AJ and and Edge. You could do that, or you could do Rollins and uh, and Edge. Like those are, I feel like those are two programs right there. You could just do right off the bat and that's a that's a hot program for either guy i mean that's perfect too i mean that's i feel like that's a perfect spot for rollins or or uh aj because i feel like to me i kind of feel like aj and rollins kind of parallel each other in a way right um how like kind of like i mean they're you know they're both you know, they both have they have like different styles in the ring but i kind of feel like they they complement each other in a way, kind of like how, and honestly, I feel like they WWE kind of like protects them the same. Yes. I think that's fair. Yeah. I definitely think that's fair. You know, look, I think we covered, you know, the main stuff from mania. There's, there's obviously a lot of other matches that we could, we could, we could talk about, but I think that we covered kind of the main topics, but is there anything else from the show that really just sticks out that you're like, man, we cannot leave this show without talking about this. I was, I kind of want to talk about maybe something that I was disappointed with. I don't, I don't know if you had like one match where you were just like, man, this sucks or, but. Mm, I was, probably I Corbin was, and Elias. I, I, I could have done without that match. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I already knew coming in uh, that was going to suck. But, um, well, one thing I think, I think we need to like talk about that ladder match because I feel like those guys worked their fucking ass off. They really did. Match. Yeah, that was it. Was weird because it was only three of them instead of the teams because I guess Miz was sick, so that part was weird instead of just canceling the match. But yeah. they worked their ass off. But the the match that disappointed me was Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn because wow, okay. I guess well, I think in my so in my mind I'm thinking I'm like okay. I go back and that match where Sami Zayn fought Nakamura at the at WrestleMania Dallas and uh, 32. Okay, I go yeah. back and look at the, I go I go back to that match and that's I mean that was one of the best matches NXT's ever had. True story. Um, and so I'm thinking in my mind I'm like well shit man like he's fighting Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania I was like they they're gonna tear it up. Yeah, and I just you know it just I, I was just kind of left underwhelmed. I was like, oh man, I mean it, it wasn't a bad match. I mean he he basically played the match like he was a manager instead of like a wrestler. But I guess that's his gimmick now. I guess. Yeah, they just don't seem to really be doing a ton for him right now. They don't seem to be doing him a lot of favors. He's just like you said, he's kind of playing know. manager. He's kind of hanging back a little bit. You know, it's not it's I, not preferred. See, it makes me wonder if his shoulder is still messed up, or or if they're, or if that's just how they're booking him. Because I know he's had a lot of shoulder injuries, so I'm just wondering if he's if he's injured, right? And 
they just been you know just trying to protect him, or if this or this is just this is just how they're booking him now. But either way, I was just a little, a little disappointed with that. And uh, I wanted to point out the I wanted to point out I really enjoyed Kevin Owens and uh, Seth Rollins and that oh, yeah. that dive that dive off the WrestleMania sign. <laughs> yes. Oh, I loved it, man. I loved it. I mean, I I was not expecting that either. I was not expecting that. And for him to do that, that blew my mind. Yeah, that was absolutely phenomenal. I just, yeah, uh, I I had I was already enjoying the match as it is, and then when they when I did the DQ, I'm like, oh no, come on, don't do this. And then when I started the match, I'm like, okay. And then, yeah, he he put it over the top for me when he did the dive off. I just thought that was awesome. Uh, yeah, I thought that was a good match. I thought they thought they did good work. But other than that, man, I don't really, you know. There's nothing else that really stands out for me. You know, I don't really have a comment on the tag title match or any of that. Where are you at with nothing Otis? Really. Um, I just, uh, you know what? I think that story, I think that story, the Edge and Orton story, were probably the two best book stories coming into WrestleMania, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's goofy Vince McMahon comedy, but... God damn. I mean, Otis it was good. is I a thought, national was, treasure. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought the story was good. Um, I'm guessing that person who was sitting in the control room, I guess that was Ali, maybe. It looked like Ali. I don't know that. That's what it looked like. It's got his symbol but, on the screen, that little circle that he wears on his chest. Ah, uh, Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's where that comes from. But I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that how that whole thing plays out. I am I am intrigued to see what they do there. But I Otis is just one of those things. It's like, you know, we used to deal with this back in our day. The equivalent back in our day of the old shoot days would be like Santina or some some shit like that or Hornswoggle. But I think for as far as that laugh that 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 ha ha Vince McMahon comedy, Otis has got some of the best stuff going, in my opinion. Yeah, man, I enjoyed it. I thought I thought it was fine. I mean, the match wasn't very long, but no. I think I I think storyline wise, you you got the big payoff. I wish he would have been in front of fans because I feel like that would have been one of the biggest pops of the night. Is him getting, you know, he he got the girl at the end, so I feel like that would have been like you know a real big pop. So and then oh, whenever yeah. she low blows when she low blows Ziggler and everything, I mean, I feel like the fans would have exploded for that. So. I've been enjoying it, man. Now the problem is, is what do you do now? Like, I, you know, you paid it off. What I mean, does does Mandy manage them, or does she have a feud with Sonya Deville? Like, where do you go from here? So I'm curious. I'm intrigued to see what they do. Yeah, me too. I I mean, I definitely think that you know you're always going to be able to get the humor from Otis, but I think as far as Otis Mandy specifically. We probably saw the peak of it, but, but I mean, you know, look, if they want to stretch it out for, you know, a little while longer and, and have them, uh, you know, be buddy, buddy, lover, lover for like a month or two or whatever. And then they want to start teasing the dissension. They could do that. I mean, you could bring in different guys to be the foil for that, where, you know, there, we think that this guy's going to end up with her and then he feuds with Otis. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with that but I definitely want to see more from Otis and from Otis and Mandy. I think that the vignettes, the, the dates, I mean, they could do a month just of them going out on dates and I would be perfectly uh, entertained by that. Oh yeah. That guy, 
that guy's very entertaining. I kind of feel like he's he's kind of brought Tucker up a little bit too. I feel like yeah, that's fair. Kind of feel like he's kind of yeah, kind of feel like he's kind of elevated him a little bit. Uh, I don't know what you do with those guys, honestly. I mean, I guess you could. I mean, you could put them in, put the tag titles on them, I guess. But my thing is with Mandy though is once once they once she does like if she does the Sony Deville program, once that's done, then then what do you do? Because I kind of feel like the the more upside is with Mandy than it is with Sonya Deville, and I like both of them actually. I I like them as a team, and right. I kind of felt like I kind of felt like they missed the vote with or you know putting the the, the women's tag titles on them. I kind of felt like they could have got a run with those tag titles and cut some good promos with them, but um, I don't know. I don't know what you do with Sonya Deville because I just don't. I don't know if they're gonna get behind her by herself. Probably not. But I can see them getting behind Mandy because, you know, she has, you know, she, she has the, she has that, the look and she has like the personality. So I can see them getting behind her. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely fair. Well, I will say, I think that as far as all the big, big stuff, I think we, I think we did cover it. I know that there's probably uh, people that are listening. Maybe that remember us from back in the day that are like, oh man, when are we going to hear them really talk some, some AEW? Let me say this, if this is okay with you, I think what we should do is, you know, they got this double or nothing coming up in May, or that's at least the plan. Um, if everything goes according to plan and again, everything is kind of unprecedented, but I think what we should do is we should hold off on any kind of AEW talk. Maybe what we should do is if people, you know, if they listen to this, and they like what we've done here. And I think you and I have probably already made up our minds here. I don't want to speak for you. I'll let you do that for yourself. But I think we, I think we're going to, I think we're going to have to do another one of these. And maybe what we should do is we should do another one of these right after double or nothing. That sounds good to me, man. I, I look forward to that. Um, I, I enjoy AEW. I think they, I think they have a, a good brand over there. They do, certain things that annoy me at times that I feel like they shouldn't be doing. But, um, overall it's a good product. I really enjoy it. Um, whenever we get off here, I'm probably going to watch the AEW dark show. I, uh, you know, I, I enjoy watching their product. I think it's good. I'm looking forward to this new show. They're going to put out, I guess they're going to do it in the fall, but they're going to have a, another show on the Turner network. So I'm curious to see how they, book that thing and curious to see how they book this tournament, this uh, TNT championship tournament, which is a silly name for a belt. (laughs) It is a little silly, but we will save it. We will save it. Mm. I think we've given so much out. I think, God, man, we have given so much away to the, to the amazing people that have taken the time to, to listen to this, that I, I feel like, man, we should save it a little bit. And you know what, if we, if, if, uh, you know, we'll, we'll leave it to the listeners. I think you guys tell us, what do you think? Did you like it? Um, do you want to hear more from us? Do you want to hear us back after double or nothing? Um, I think Alan, in my opinion, uh, just sharing it out here with the world, I'm going to leave this in by the way. Um, we should really let the people tell us, man, if they, if they want to hear, if they're, if they're, if they're feeling this, uh, 10 years later vibe, if they want to hear some more of this, uh, we should come on back for them, uh, once in a while here. Yeah, that sounds good, man. I, I hope everyone really enjoys the show and, you know, gives us some feedback. 
you know, right if it's good or bad. I, I know, you know. It's our first show in 10 years. <laughs> I know. I know I know. everyone's not going to agree with every single opinion. You know, so I know some people are going to hate hate one match and like the other, but, you know, yeah. that's okay, though. It's, I, I think that's, I think it's good to have that, have that, you know, that debate back and forth. It, that's what, I feel like that's what makes it fun being a fan of things. You can, you know, you can debate stuff. Exactly. So we'll leave it at this. I'll just say, look, you know, uh, I had a hell of a time. It was, uh, it was very cool to, to jump on here with you for nearly two hours. That, I mean, that, that's the thing. It's like, you get us on the phone here on a podcast and we'll, we just go freaking full steam ahead. Um, so I think that, uh, this was a lot of fun and, uh, I will definitely say, I don't think we'll be waiting another 10 years to do another one, man. I, if it's up to me, we'll be, we'll be back here next month, pumping out that, that AEW show talking about that, which hopefully is a pretty strong pay-per-view by them. I assume it will be. I assume it will be too, but I hope that, uh, everything is everything that's going on in the world right now that, uh, you know, we can get a wrap under this thing, this coronavirus, and everybody can be safe mm-hmm. and happy again. And I hope that, uh, you guys listening in this, uh, nearly two hours got some form of entertainment to take you away, uh, from all that madness. And, uh, Alan, I just want to tell you, man, stay safe out there and, uh, we will we will definitely do another one of these for sure. I had an absolute blast, man. I appreciate you uh, uh, popping on with me here for a, for a pod. Yes, sir. Anytime, man. I I appreciate you having me back. It you know it feels like old times, and uh, yeah, I have to you know say that as well as you know everyone just you know keep your social distancing and uh, stay safe out there. Let's beat this thing and. Let's get back to normal, everybody, because uh, Alan needs to get back to the gym and get back to his normal life. I know. <laughs> I know. Me me too. I, I am with you, my friend. So for the Alan Martin, I'm Gary Cantrell. This was Wrestling Informant Radio. I appreciate you guys listening, and we will talk to you again next time.